where you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. While she drops another casual line. You're tuned in to Casually Molly with Molly and Boogie. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast, everybody. Again, I am your host, Molly Ambergie. Uh, unless you're new to the podcast, welcome. Happy to have you. Uh, we use our platform right here in St. Louis, Missouri to highlight very talented artists, musicians, entertainers. I mean, just anybody willing to casually have a discussion with me. And today I am very happy to be casually joined. She is a award-winning singer, songwriter, crowd. Get ready. It is Angela Soph. Woo! <laughs> oh, thanks for tuning in. Angela, why don't you tell us a little bit, where are you joining us from right now? We're via virtually on this interview. Thank you so much for having me, Molly. I am so happy to be here. I'm, I live a couple of hours from Seattle on the backside of Mount Rainier, if you know where that is. Yes, I'm familiar with Seattle. And then I've, I've heard of the city that you mentioned just now. Um, what brought you to, are you from that area or... No, and it's a very long story. You probably don't want to hear how I got here, <laughs> but <laughs> but the point is, um, I moved here about six, seven years ago when my husband got a job, his first job out of grad school. Okay, and this this hospital system that he was working at had a loan repayment program that never actually ended up happening. But we wow. came, you know starry-eyed hoping we would get our loans forgiven oh, and we I just see. stayed and they just stayed so, awesome just stayed. And I'm, well i'm happy to have you i've never been to that part of the country but you know now i'm interested in seeing it um anything that you would highlight from that area i know seattle is obviously a pretty well-known city anything that we should know yes definitely should know that so the city i live in is known for growing all the apples like all the apples okay I know more about apples than I ever thought I wanted to know. <laughs> oh apples and hops. You know hops that go in that they put in beer? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the hop capital of the world. Oh, if so we have world. a big hop festival every fall. We just had it actually in October. Should okay. come up yes. and celebrate. We make hop crowns. Okay. Everyone gets drunk. It's really great. <laughs> and um it's like a little Oktoberfest, a okay. big Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah. I love that because I have an Oktoberfest. I just moved to for people in Missouri. It's an area called St. Charles, Missouri, and I'm right near Main Street where it like it's all happening and whatnot. And they have an Oktoberfest there as well. Um, they we have one in downtown St. Louis and Cincinnati, Ohio, where I grew up. We have one. So now I just got to check this one off my list. Get some apples. Get some hops. I'm going to come now. I'm going to come starry eyed, but just for maybe a different reason. So I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> uh, but why don't you tell us, thank you for telling us that that's another fun way to get to know you, but why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your background story and how you got into being a artist and a musician? All right. Well, I grew up in Asia, in the Philippines and my mom at a young age, my mom just had this, you know, 
passion that one of her kids would play music. Yes. <laughs> I think like all moms do. I go, one of my kids is going to do this. Mm-hmm. So she put me in piano really early on and I loved it. And so I started, I just grew up playing classical piano, you know, competing against all the super, super Asians that were so good. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a lot of competition and, um, and I never really sang a whole lot. I mean, I did in choirs, but it was definitely like music theory focused. And it wasn't until I got to college that I saw people playing folk music, like American music. It was my mm-hmm. first time living in the United States, you know, and I was 18. And so I, I hadn't really heard about Dolly Parton or like any of the country stars. I didn't really know much about it. And um, I joined a folk band and we toured all through college. And that's really where like my love of country and the whole umbrella of Americana music really just sank in. I think it was like genetic or something Yes, (laughs) because I just, I just loved it and started writing. And, um, and then I, you know, I played in a bunch of bands just really casually. I'm going to have to use that name, that word like over and over again. Yes, absolutely. Get it. I love it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So casually I was writing songs and playing in (laughs) bands and, and then, um, it wasn't until I actually started having kids that I was like, oh man, like if I don't start making some of my own records, like I'm just going to run out of time. I'm going to be super busy mom. And so it was actually when I started having kids that I started releasing solo records and, and taking it a little more seriously, I realized I would have to do them in tandem. I couldn't just like wait for one thing to finish. So, yeah, so that's kind of, you know, very briefly how it all started. Well, no, that I think that's fantastic. I first of all, I love that you grew up in the Philippines. I think that's actually a really interesting uh, topic to bring up, just because I wanted to know how did you feel transferring? You know, culturally, you grew up in a different culture. I've heard nothing but good things about the Philippines, and I meet a lot of amazing people who are from that part of the country. Uh, what was it like transferring from that part of the world and coming to the U.S.? Yeah, it was insane. I mean, it was really <laughs> mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, I felt like I landed on the moon. Um, and mostly, I think, because I assumed that because um, the United States was my culture, that I would somehow magically fit in because I'm American. I'm, you know, my mom actually is from Argentina, so I'm half, but oh wow, I just, I just thought that I would somehow f- you know, blend right in. <laughs> right. And I didn't, you know, from everything from the way I spoke to the things that I talked about, to dating, to even how close I stood to someone. I mean, all of those things were totally different culturally. And I didn't really get any of the jokes. I didn't know any of the TV shows. So it was really a challenge. But, you know, like anything, you just you figure it out, you fake it <laughs> until you can finally, you know, <laughs> find your people or find your way. So it was really difficult. I got strep throat. I got a whole bunch of illnesses that I think you wouldn't normally get, but because I wasn't exposed to them as a child, my immune system was just totally different. So I was really sick for a couple of years, yeah. <laughs> adjusting to the American way of life, the food, everything. Mm-hmm. 
So, oh, I, yeah. I can relate to that because even though I, well, first of all, I grew up in America and I still feel like I don't fit in sometimes even now. So, you know, you're totally <laughs> fine. I'm always like, do I belong here? Do I belong at all? What's going on? But yeah. I went to Italy. I went to a small town called Oscoli Piceno and I lived there for three months and I was studying and doing all of that. When I came back after like having all this, like just a different culture, different environment, different food, different everything, I had food poisoning three times. Like I couldn't have fast food the way I used to. I couldn't eat the way I used to. So it really just changed my whole dietary journey. Not even like something I was choosing. It's just my body wasn't used to that anymore. So I yeah. totally, I, I get what you're, where you're coming from for sure. Uh, but speaking of, you know, being here, we're very happy to have you just because I was saying earlier, you know, you are a very talented artist. I've been listening to your work recently, obviously prepping for our discussion today. Uh, speaking of the albums that you were talking about, uh, you had a album that was kind of in, you said on your website, it said an independent move out of the quiet of personal darkness. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that album and what you meant by that description? So I I wrote that record after about 10 years of, of silence. I actually stopped making music while I was having kids and a lot of other things were going on, but it was at a time when I realized that the religion of my childhood was no longer a good fit. I was raised in a very Orthodox Mormon family. Oh, wow. And... Um, you know, we go generations back, polygamists on both sides. And um, my family is not currently, you know, practicing polygamy, but it's just very deep seated in my culture and in my okay. family. And so to make that decision was just so heartbreaking. And to watch my family suffering over my decision was just, I think it was more like psychologically, I went through so much stress. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't until like that happened that I picked up my guitar after many years away, I wasn't playing at all. And I decided to start writing. I mean, I didn't even think about it. I just started writing kind of like as a journal entry, writing mm -hmm. songs and venting. And all these songs just came pouring out like so many, like dozens of songs. And I realized that there were other people that were suffering too or struggling. And I was like, you know, I, this might help someone. So I released it as a record and it ended up being something that people related to. And I know it's very niched out, like how many people are there that leave a religion and feel the same way. But it turned out that there were a lot of people that for whatever reason, like f felt like they could no longer belong to something. And they felt like they were on the outside, wishing they could be back on the inside and unknow what they know, but they can't. And so it was a really pivotal time in my life and releasing that record felt really cathartic, but also very like exposing, if that makes sense. Like mm -hmm. I felt like I was just laying it all out for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I'd been kind of private, you know, I mean, I've always been kind of a private person, but I just hadn't shared like when you write a song, it really feels like a journal entry just for other people to read yes. and listen mm -hmm. to, you know, like as much as they want. And so it's a very vulnerable act, I think, to release music that's like 
comes from that deep place. So yeah, I mean, it was really healing to, to do that. Um, but also like really scary and it was a dark time, but it's yeah. helped a lot of people. So I'm glad that I did it. Well, I am vulnerable. That's the word I was thinking of when you were talking about that, just because I don't think people realize when you are writing something, especially about such a pivotal time in your life, there is that exposure and kind of, you know, when you're writing something, it's like, will people like it? Will people understand it? Will people relate to it? You know, like, and then you don't want to be a fraud, obviously. You're just like, oh, you know, what if you, you know, you sometimes question, you know, what am I doing? And I, I feel like you hit a great point about just kind of that fear of unknown and what's going to happen. But I feel like it was called Second Wind. Am I correct on that? That was mm -hmm, the name mm -hmm. of the name. You got your second wind. You went to this new yeah. chapter of life. And then didn't it win a nomination? Is that correct? For Why don't you tell it us did. a little bit about that? Yeah, so I was totally surprised because here I was, you know, <laughs> mommy with diapers, like making this record that just, it just felt like this thing I had to do. And then yeah, and then um, one of the singles on there is called Rocks, and that one won it won the Great American Songwriting yes. contest or something like that. And then the record itself won the nomination for Americana Record of the Year by the Independent Music Awards, which was like, I mean, it was up there with Mipso and some of the big bands. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was such an honor. I couldn't go to the award ceremony, but um, in New York, which I wanted to go to, but I was just, it, it felt like vindication, you know, like, okay, like this, this is a good thing that I did. And um, I may have, you know, ruffled some feathers in the <laughs> process, but I think, you know, in the end, the truth needs to be shared. Absolutely. And I feel like, again, that's why people can relate to it because it is the truth. I feel like sometimes when you share your truth, it's just like you mentioned, a lot of people have that same truth. They just don't know who to share it with or how to share it with, which I had mentioned earlier before we started recording, you know, I really appreciate people who are musicians and artists, obviously, because the talent and the way that they're able to portray their story through it. But I love being introduced to new concepts and new ideas in maybe a different way that I had never seen it before, uh, which speaking of, I was talking about like bands and things I learned by watching them. You have a four piece band. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> I do. I have a great band there. So I've got these, um, they're so awesome. It's so my band's in Seattle and okay. um, I'm smiling because all like the whole time during COVID, we tried to get on the bandwagon of doing those virtual, like where you're all these boxes and you're yes. all playing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and we did one of those and it was like so much work. We were like, never mind. We're just going <laughs> to wait until this whole thing blows over. So we actually just had our first gig in like two years. Oh, wow. Um, last month. And it was, it was like no time had passed. It was just a rocking out the door. Awesome show. And yeah, I mean, they're great. I play with them whenever there's, you know, some event or like a festival or whatever. Um, cause you know, as musicians, we wear all these different hats. So I'm, I'm producing and I'm songwriting and I'm singing on this and then, you know, I'm playing with the band. And so, yeah, they're super talented. I'm so lucky to have them. 
Oh, that's it. And I understand that. And just always wearing hats, but that's how it works. That's how you hustle in this industry for sure. <laughs> I always am curious, what goes into, like, how do you kind of choose, you know, who's going to play what? How do you just put a band together? I guess that's like the easiest way to ask this question. It might sound naive, but I've, I've never put one together before. So how do you go about that? Do you just like reach out and contact people? How does this work? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't speak for everyone because I don't, I don't know how, <laughs> okay. I mean, you should probably ask like a lot of people this question <laughs> because I don't really know. This is my experience though, is um, when I moved to town, I was like, you know, I'd like to start playing again. It had been so long, like literally 10 years and um, I couldn't really find anyone in town. And so I was like, I'll just look outside. So I found I found another band, actually. And there was a guy who played mandolin really well. And I was like, okay, well, I know I can use a mandolin player. I mean, he and I could duo or something. Cool. So I reached out and I kind of borrowed him from another band. And then we started gigging. And then, you know, we added a bass player and he wanted to join. And, and then a drummer. And so I don't know. I mean, it, it just, just all came together. Yeah. together yeah mm -hmm. i mean it's been we, like people have come and gone depending like we used to have a fiddler and we still use him when we need to but it's just i don't i don't know there's like a synergy mm -hmm. and kind of when you get to to know people you're like okay i think we could let's jam there's a lot of time like people get together for jams and they're like hey we should play this gig together you play it and then you're like oh we should do another one yeah so it's kind of organic i wouldn't say it's like it's not like online dating where it's like a computer program. <laughs> right. Yes. I, but that's the best way to do it. I feel like sometimes the best connections I've made with people have been just like organically, like even just for yeah. this episode, it was like, you should interview this person. I was like, okay, sounds good. But it was organic. I wasn't even searching. I'm like, sure. Angela sounds great. Her music is great. I keep bringing this up because everybody should look it up. Um, now, I had looked up, speaking of looking things up, when I was reading about you, you also produced a record in the pandemic. Am I wrong on that? I did. How yes. did that go? <laughs> you know, speaking of like being in the squares, did you do anything in the squares as well on Zoom or were you just kind of like, what was going on in your mind while we were all on lockdown and you're writing all this music? Well, I had written a bunch of music before the pandemic gotcha. ever happened. And I had connected with a producer in Nashville that I knew I wanted to work with. Like there was this like organic sort of chemistry with her. And um, and so we had these plans and then COVID happened. Yeah. So then we, we paused. So actually it was like halfway through the pandemic that, you know, when flights were like start of sort of like starting up again, but no one sure. was flying. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's when I was flying. <laughs> so I I went to Nashville like four or five times during the pandemic. Oh wow. And, okay. And just cranked out this record. And it actually ended up being so awesome because all the musicians that are supposed to be like out on tour normally, you know, like the amazing ones that are always snatched up by big artists, they were all home. And so they could just play on my record and it was super cool. So I was hanging out with, you know, unbelievable talent. And, and so we finished this record in May and um, it's coming out in the spring. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Well, congratulations. So, That's super exciting. Thank you. I love that you had like a private jet basically to all your times in Nashville. <laughs> Sounds good. I, I love that though. I love it. I, uh, I think that's great that you were able to utilize tools especially like what I talk about with other comedians too, they went through a lot of that as well. Like, do we do Zoom shows? You know, what? It, how does this work? But, you know, kind of creating something or not kind of creating something, even under certain circumstances, obviously I'm sure you're writing stuff all the time, but I do love the idea that you collaborate with other artists and whatnot, which brings me to my next question. Is there like a favorite artist that you've worked with or that you enjoy collaborating with? Mm. I was like, not to call I, somebody out, but <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I feel like there's so, I mean, there's so many different genres that I work in. And then also, so there's so much talent in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I admire so many artists that I've actually never even met that I feel like have influenced my music in sure. like really profound ways. Um, but some of my favorite people working with have been, producers and other songwriters that have um like real like real hearts and real stories and like they show up with so much vulnerability like in a writing room mm -hmm. and and they're so gifted and so talented i mean i don't even know if anyone would know their names but i to me like the people who are willing to like share what's really like on their hearts and on their minds like you make a good song when you do that when you when you're real with each other so yeah sorry that i probably just beat around the bush explaining that but no absolutely yeah. i think that's a great i was just talking with someone the other day um, who i had interviewed on this podcast and we were i asked something a little bit similar to him like who do you admire who do you like working with and he didn't even mention a national headliner he's like you know when you first start out in a career like you know you're in music and whatnot you know it's just like what you said you have people who influence you but who your favorite people usually become are the people who work side by side with you and do have that heart and, you know, humility and vulnerability, uh, just so that way it's just like how you mentioned having that organic connection. Um, so I, I really appreciate that was a very humble and very lovely answer. So thank you very much for sharing that. That was beautiful. Uh, but speaking of beautiful, you showed me in the background, you have three beautiful children. Um, I know that you had mentioned that your mom was like, okay, you're going to play music. You're going to do all this stuff for regarding, you know, the music platform and path. Uh, do your kids have that same kind of interest or is it kind of just, you know, mom's doing music and we'll just keep it there? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, have you ever read the book Tiger Mom? No, but tell me about it. I want to look at it. <laughs> well, it's it's about Asian moms. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and how they like really make their kids become little geniuses, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have a little bit of that. Um, I make my kids <laughs> do music. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, not all of them. Like I have enforced it with all of them, but I can tell like, and I've taught music too. So I feel like you can kind of tell when something feels good to a kid and they like it and there's like energy there. And when it's like, oh my gosh, like I hate every second of this. <laughs> so my daughter plays um, fiddle. She plays violin, my okay. middle child. So, and she's, she's really great, but it's been a lot of, um, a lot of tears, a lot of like 
making her do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That, I mean, I, I understand my mom put me in piano and I'm there. I'm sure there were many times where I probably wasn't the most well-behaved child, but now I can read music. So once she hits 31, cause that's where I'm at, she'll appreciate it. So don't worry, it'll just be a minute. But I do your other kids play the fiddle as well or any other instruments or? No, uh, trombone and piano. Oh, wow. So you have a, you basically have a three piece band in so, your own house. Yeah, I had this <laughs> dream of having like a, a folk band, but then my son wanted to play trombone. And I was like, that is not a string instrument. Pick something else. <laughs> is that terrible? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. So he plays trombone. It's okay. I'm over it, but he's really good. And I'm just happy they're playing something. So yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. It is your husband play as well. Does he have an instrument too? He does. He's, he's one of those like play by ear kind um never really studied but he can pick up a, a guitar and a piano and just play i know it's kind of gross oh my I god how, he does that. <laughs> how does he do that i am always so jealous of know. people who can do that i think that's amazing i'm like oh i have to like read and study and you know repetition and i'm like i love that yeah. you can just sit there and be like oh my gosh we'll see you got a whole family yeah. band so you know if the angela's <laughs> so fan doesn't work out you've got the the family <laughs> folklore <laughs> yeah plus the trombone so there you go it works yes out. <laughs> i love it i love it so how does it feel like for them to see you you know do they get to come to your gigs at all sometimes or join you on yeah, the road <laughs> they do they do come um it's it's hard for me i'm just gonna be honest it has been historically hard for me to be mom and musician because like they're literally on the front row like mommy 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 she pushed me <laughs> like <laughs> you know like mommy i have to go to the bathroom like it's so that hasn't worked too well so typically i try to keep those separate um mm -hmm. but they're a little older now i think they could handle it you know yeah I think they can, it, it's when we have like really casual outdoor, you know, barbecue concert type things sure. that they want to be right up front and talk to me while we're playing. So, but yeah, Absolutely. I love having them to be honest. I mean, it's fun and I, I think it's important and maybe this is what your question's getting at, but I, I feel like it's important for your kids to see you making time for the things that matter to you because it gives them the permission someday to do the same thing and not have that mom guilt that gets passed down generations deep mm -hmm. <laughs> that, you know, you can't like, you have to just, you know, do one thing. You can't, you can't branch out or you can't make time for your own things. So I want them to see that so that they can do that for themselves too. Absolutely. And that, and that was going to be my next question. So thank you. Because I feel like a lot of times that's that general question, right? Where people are like, how do you balance it? You know, how do you do it all? And I love the way you phrased it where you were just like, I want them to see, you know, what I'm doing. So that way, when they get older and they want to follow their dreams and whatnot, they could pass that on to a possible legacy. So I think you're really setting a, a great tone. So I really respect that about you. What I'll ask you too, you know, speaking of setting a tone, what projects should we expect from you moving forward? Are you like, I know you're probably writing all the time, but are there any other albums in the works? Are there shows that are happening that we should know about? Why don't you tell us a little bit about the future Angela projects? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, this record, number one, is coming out uh, probably, you know, 
February, March, April. I'm not really sure. It just kind of depends on so many things. Um, so that definitely, and if people want to pre-order, they can go to my website, angelasof.com, um, or follow, you know, Instagram, whatever, and, and pre-order that record. Um, and then I am doing like production work myself. Um, so I produce, I produce folk things, some pop stuff, but, um, I'm working on some Christmas stuff right now and okay. Yeah. I love Christmas cool. stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I'm doing, you know, like, um, covers of public domain Christmas songs. They're usually like commissioned by different clients, but I, I do, you know, custom songwriting for people and I do, yeah, I just making music is like my favorite thing to do. So I'm doing that. Um, and releasing probably another music video coming out. I don't, I'm not sure Absolutely. about the timeline, but yeah. That's okay. I mean, that's what I love. We can also follow you. You, If you've been watching on YouTube, um, Angela's, oh, perfect. It's like we have a tech team that is on this or something. <laughs> Your handle has been popping up through this. I love uh, it. <laughs> Angela Soap Music, just point on down. Absolutely. Uh, your <laughs> music videos are super well done, though. Do you have like, do you produce them on your own? Do you have other people that direct them? Uh, what goes into making your music videos? They're absolutely gorgeous. I love all the settings in them, too. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. That warms my heart. Yeah. So I directed, I art directed this last one that I did mm -hmm. and discovered that like, I don't know, in another life I should do filmmaking because I love it too. Yes. <laughs> I love too many things. Um, yeah. So that one was really fun. It was shot at a farmhouse here in, um, here in Yakima. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work to like prep it and get all the cast and the people but if you know what you want, like the vision and you have the right people, like I had an amazing videographer and he and I just like pumped out the whole thing. And it was, it was super fun. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you just get the shots that you need. And you know, that, I mean, that music video was really funny because I had an allergic reaction to my eyelash extensions. What? That day. Oh no, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so my eyes were like, turtles they were so big and i couldn't open them and i was like oh my gosh like there's no way i'm filming myself today so we just we just filmed all the other people and i waited for my face to die down yeah <laughs> stop <laughs> exploding it was really bad it was it was kind of funny i was paying for my vanity but whatever oh that's right it's the challenge of the entertainment industry <laughs> So I just laughed. I was like, so I much. know this. Like, if you're a bride, you don't go get tanning like the day before. Like, why would you go get eyelash extensions two days before a video <laughs> shoot? I don't know. <laughs> Who thinks of that? <laughs> I, you know, here's the thing. I've seen so many people with beautiful eyelashes that do get extensions. Right? And I'm like, maybe I should try one, but I guess I will just, and if someday I produce a music video, I'm going to remember this story. I'm going to be like, listen, or before I film anything, direct anything, yes. I'm going to be like, let me just give myself a week or two and then keep them yes. here. <laughs> but two I'm weeks. sorry that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that you made it. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that you are also, I mean, I love obviously that you are strong enough to get through a story like that, but I also love that you're directing and producing and whatnot. It just goes into the many hats in the entertainment industry. 
Um, another thing I'll ask you to, you've given a lot of great points through this as well, uh, but other than advice on eyelash extensions, which we all needed, so I appreciate it. We all needed to know. Um, you are a woman in the music industry, and sometimes with music, a lot of times, you know, you hear through different stories or just even when I watched like VH1 come ups when I was in my room as a child, when we had, mm -hmm. you know, cable and watching, you know, I loved seeing women uh, be in the industry and really change in a positive way, obviously, uh, the music industry itself. Is there advice that you would give maybe yourself when you were first starting out music that you know now or to uh, women who are pursuing the music industry like yourself that you would like to share? Yes, I'm so good at thinking of advice for my past self. <laughs> I feel like that comes so easily. Like, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you're perfect. It's okay. Oh, gosh, no. Um, but yes, I think so many women, and this is not just in the music industry. I think this is just, this is just girlness, maybe. I don't know if girlness is a word, but... We'll make it one casually girl. We'll make it a it. casually yeah. girl. <laughs> um, it's so easy to feel like you need to be small. Like you need to not take up too much space or ask for what you want or, or even want too much, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, that might be asking too much. I, don't, I just want a little piece of that. <laughs> I don't really want the whole thing, you know? It's like... It's like it's okay for other people to have and and want and desire, but it's not okay for you somehow. Mm -hmm. um, and I know on paper that doesn't really make any sense, but when, when we live out our daily lives, like that's how I was operating a lot of the time. And I think I still I still work on it like all the time. Like, am I living to my fullest potential? Am I asking for what? for exactly what I want? Or am I just like, oh, I just want a little bit, you know? Um, and that goes for, you know, pricing things. And um, I mean, just down to every little thing, because we, at least for me, I think I had been programmed to think that um, I should be happy with what I have. I should be grateful for what I have and not ask for too much and that that's really selfish and it's very self-centered. Um, and so reworking that so that you realize that when you have more, you have more to give. Yes. That has been such a game changer for me. And it's okay for everyone to want exactly what they want. And if you want something, go ahead and want it to the max. I mean, what... It doesn't hurt anyone. It only harms yourself for not going for it. And I think it's when I realized, you know, at the, during this faith crisis, when I was making this record that I had been living in a self-imposed box. And when that box went away, I was like, well, if I can be anything, I, I want to be, I want to be creative. Like I want, I want this to be my living. I want this is this to be the thing I do every day. And, and I'm not going to beat myself up for wanting what I want mm -hmm. and I'm going to make it work. So that was a really long answer, no. <laughs> but if I were going to tell someone that would be the advice is to allow yourself to dream and allow yourself to want the things that you want, because there's a reason that you want them 
And if you work hard enough at it, then you'll achieve it. Oh, no, that first of all, was not a long answer. It was like the perfect amount. I feel like you hit every point because I too struggle with that sometimes where like I'm very easygoing that sometimes it's almost to a fault where I'll be like, oh, it's yep. fine. It's good. And then, yeah, it's fine. Like, I feel like I say that all the time. No, like how many times am I going to say no worries until- Because you don't want to be difficult, right? Yeah. You don't want to be labeled as being difficult to work with or mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, she don't, she's just uh, stick in the mud. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes I'm like, you know, I've had people remind me like you just now, but just saying like, it is okay to make demands and you're not being, you know, difficult. You're not being nasty. You're just being like, I just want more out of my life. And I feel the same way. Like I love being a creative. I love like, you know, talking to people are creative. So I think that is so valuable to share. And that's one of the things I want to put on this podcast is, you know, giving a platform to words like you mentioned. So I really appreciate that. That was, I always say it was so beautifully said, but it really was, it was really well done. So <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thank you for sharing that. And I, it's something that I think a lot of women who listen to this podcast will struggle with. And so it's a good thing to feel how we talked about vulnerability and validation and redemption that you mentioned that. Uh, but speaking of being a creative, uh, we are showcasing at the end of the episode, we're going to play your song. It is called The Fall. Why don't you tell us a little bit? I love hearing the story behind the songs that we share on this podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the story behind that song and why you wrote it? Okay, so this song I wrote when I, it was probably two years ago. Like I said, I wrote these songs a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> They're just okay. coming out now, but um, I went back to my college town and it was one of those experiences where, you know, everything sort of looks like it should look the same, but it didn't like all the, all the same structures were sort of there, but it was like the malt shop was gone and there were all these new car washes. And I mean, it just, it felt like a different, I don't know. It just felt really different than, than like the college town that I remember walking around, you know, pre mm -hmm. sort of pre-internet and <laughs> pre-cell phones. <laughs> yes. And, um, but then I looked up at the mountains and I went to school in, um, Utah Oh wow! and there were all these, you know, like it was the beginning of the fall and like the hillside was just like red and all these like yellow trees lined and those were the same trees i remember they were small and now, now they're like all grown up and big and um and i was just remembering like how how relationships change and how time passes and everything changes except we're reminded continually of Sorry. Oh, that's okay. He's got some, he's got, he or she's got something to say. So we'll, we'll ask them a question in a second. It's all good. Um, so yeah, I was reminiscing on like a relationship that I had in college and how, how devastated I was over it and how much I'm not anymore and like right. how it's, it's fine now, you know, but we, but remembering sometimes takes you back like a smell of a candle, you know, like, oh, you go back into that moment of remembering what you went through. And I like to relive moments, like even, even slightly painful ones, just to remember what it felt like. Um, 
I don't know. I find that like valuable, even for just like three and a half minutes Yes, to go back to that and be like, wow, that was so profound. And, and then I come back to today, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's the beauty of songs. They, they like, it's like a movie. It just like jets you out into that moment. And then the song ends and you're like, ah, oh. so. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, I, that is exactly how I feel about music. And when I read, I, I knew what you were going to kind of touch on and I read the description of it. And I always think about that too, because I moved back to St. Louis where I went to school and it's crazy because I live in the suburbs of St. Louis now, but I was always living in the city. So sometimes when I, like we record here in the city, I understood what you were talking about because I'll drive by where my old apartment used to be or where mm -hmm. I first, like when I first left college, where I went to like live and I, you know, just remembering the songs that I would listen to at that time, like remind you of like who you dated and that apartment you lived in and what shop yes. you went to. And it's just crazy. You're like, I remember I used to get wine here. And when there's certain places that close that were a part of that journey that you were in, you're like, oh, I used to love it there. And now it's not yeah. there anymore. And it's a it's like sad, but you know, life goes on and you're in a good place now too, but that was a part of your life then. So right. there's a lot of like mixed emotions at the same time. So I thought it was really beautiful that you took that experience of your life or experiences that, you know, created that song and put it into a creative platform like you did. I was about to say mm. like, uh, yeah. So I think that's beautiful. Is that kind of how you felt? You were like, I'm just going to put this in a song and <laughs> see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, that li there's a line in the song, <clears throat> um, when the mountains blush, I remember us. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, like when I looked up at the mountains, I was like, oh, it looks like it's blushing. And that just that line came to me and I was like, this is a song. So yeah. I made a song out of it. <laughs> I love it. I know. I was like, you are so poetic. And I'm like, is that how you felt too? I, so I, I think I rambled on here for a second, but I, yeah. I really appreciate it. I think that's beautiful. Before we head out of here and play the song, The Fall, first of all, Angela, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate your time. So this thank was great. You. Thank you for having me. So um, fun. Of course. For, before we leave, I'm going to have you promote yourself, but who was your little friend that was barking? So oh, you want to meet him? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Come here. They want to meet you. This is my sheep-a-doodle. Come here. A sheep-a-doodle? I've never Baloo. heard of that. I'm excited. Baloo, come on. <laughs> He's he might being be... lazy. That's okay. Oh my gosh. No problem. Yeah. We showcase hey. pets on the Ooh. podcast sometimes, so... Oh, yeah. I saw a little corner. No worries. Hi, friend. How are you? This is Baloo Bear. Hi, Baloo <laughs> Bear. Oh, my gosh. If you're watching on YouTube, this dog is so cute. Uh, Casually Molly is known for casually showcasing pets. We've had cats. We've had dogs. Oh, my gosh. How old is he? He just turned three. So he's finally Aww. like not annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay he's a beautiful animal oh my gosh yeah i love it boy. oh well it's so he's nice so to good. meet you you're so cute so and nice fuzzy to too. Oh. <laughs> it's so nice it is nice to meet the both of you so i am I just fuzzy <laughs> i'm like he's so cute and fuzzy you're like nice to meet you too it's all good <laughs> i love 
it. Well, that's right. You can write a song about that. It's just about confusion. Who are we speaking to? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where my head is sometime, Angela. But speaking of right, you, it's <laughs> all good. Where can we find you on social media, any platforms, anything that you want to share with us? Yes. So I'm on Instagram at Angela Soap Music and, and Facebook too. Mm-hmm. I'm mostly on Instagram. I think things get shared to Facebook as well. And yes. then um, I do have a newsletter that I'm told is entertaining. Okay. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I write it, so it's entertaining. I okay. <laughs> I share funny stories. Like, it's like a little more personal, you know? On Instagram, I'm not, I don't know, they're like strangers on there. But hey. um, if you want more, yeah, like more personal stories, I share mm-hmm. those on my um my newsletter and I give away like all the freebies and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, and then if you want to get on the, the list for the new record and follow that, um, yeah. Send me a DM if people want a custom song or anything like that. Okay. It's, it's all, it's all in all the stuff I do. So you can look at my website and see everything. Absolutely. And we'll make sure that we share Angela's website and social media links as well. So if you're listening on audio and you're like, where can I look at it? Just find it on at the Casually Molly podcast, which you just saw if you're on YouTube at the bottom of my uh, square. So you did get into some squares, Angela. There's just two of us, though. So we didn't do a four piece band, but we got it to work. We made it happen. It's It's all good. She's like, I am just fine. Uh, The Casually Molly podcast.com. Just make sure that you casually subscribe and just make sure that you can casually subscribe to Angela's newsletter because I'm probably going to casually do that after this. (laughs) But um, as we're heading out, I always say, Angela, now that our episode is over, what are you going to casually do now? I'm going to casually cut some vegetables because my kids are hungry. Oh, yeah. Go feed your Is that what you were getting at? Yeah. Like what I'm going to do right now? (laughs) That's what I'm going to do right now. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) People are always like, and mostly the time, like if we do it at night, like we are right now, they're like, I'm going to casually go eat something because I need to eat some dinner. Mm -hmm. So yeah, people have told me I'm casually going to the gym. I've had everything, but cutting vegetables sounds great. I've got a few peppers at home I should probably cut up. But what we are going to do now for people listening, we're going to casually play Angela's single, The Fall. So stay tuned, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. There's a color on the hillside Happens at least one time You uninvited in my mind Cold fingers on the dashboard You were moving over to keep me warm I could have stayed that way for a while 
Feel. 